Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Tuesday night edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Ronnie DeBolsey. I'm joined by Dane Young and, of course, Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach. The only reason you were all tuning in, and we love having Donnan after dark, as it was called uh, recently. I uh, love having Coach Donnan on in the evening. Uh, he was busier earlier today, as was I. I was uh, launching three of our staffers off up to the NFL Combine, and we have a lot to talk about with the NFL Combine starting this week. Uh, actually, starts yesterday. I mean, it starts tomorrow, so we should have some fun stuff from that. We've had a lot of guys covering it, but news-wise, it's been very, very busy the last week with uh, Georgia having to re- replace a couple coaches. So Brian McClendon's off to the uh, NFL. Dell McGee's the new head coach at Georgia State. And Georgia has a pair of new coaches in there. So, of course, who to ask about this? You know, who could be a better person to ask than our own Jim Donnan, the uh, former head coach who's hired and fired plenty of coaches in his career and who he knows a lot of guys. He uh, was the first person I thought of when we broke the news that uh, these coaches were coming. So, Coach, uh, give me your take uh, on yeah, Georgia's new coaches. Congratulate you on the uh... – Getting the scoop on on these guys, you must have a little birdie somewhere. But that was pretty impressive. I don't think the uh, fans sometimes take you uh, as seriously as they need to for you breaking out. Uh, that's pretty impressive to uh, project who they might be, and then uh, those guys come out. But but anyhow, uh, changing coaches is always a difficult time. It's hard on the players because they they developed a, a bond with them. It's uh, hard on the families that are moving and having to create new friends. And, uh, but at the same time, it's a, a great opportunity because a uh, coach, new coach comes in, comes in, doesn't have a, any built in uh, ideas about any of the players and maybe some of these guys will blossom. And, uh, you know, the one example I'll make, we had a guy at uh, Marshall who never played for a bunch for us and he just didn't gel with our coach and, the new guy came in, and uh, the kid ended up getting drafted in third round by the uh, Jaguars at center. And I've always busted cell phone about it ever since. I, I thought you could analyze talent, but everybody makes mistakes, uh, you know. But I thought it was that's something I just want to bring out that uh, all of a sudden a guy like Arian Smith, new lease on life, uh, you know, uh, whoever it might be, running back wise. Cash Jones, Rod, you know, Rod Robinson, whatever it might be. But anyhow, uh, I thought it was knowing that we had a show tonight to uh, go over and ask somebody that probably had an idea about the coaches. And uh, so I asked a couple of maintenance men over there, and they were uh, ready, they were ready to roll. But no, uh, <laughs> you're not going to trick me this time. The guy that used to play for me. Uh, went to Hawaii last week and, uh, and, uh, got back. And, uh, so I just went over there to say hello to him and have just, hopefully. Okay, so you asked Kirby himself. Yeah. And then I, I made a point to talk to Coley a little bit too. I didn't get to meet the, uh, running back coach, but, but anyhow, uh, I just had, I felt like, uh, I'm not really breaking any confidence, but Kirby, uh, was concerned about the the lack of uh, of uh, personnel out there to, uh, to come in here and uh, so supplement these two guys. I mean, the, the, you know, supplant them, come in for them because both of them have just been uh, really good for Georgia in, in so many ways. Not just coaching, recruiting, but player development, uh, interacting with the community. Uh, doing so much for uh, the university itself, and uh, guys like that aren't out there. So uh, it was imperative, particularly after we lost the second guy, and and I really want to congratulate both of them. That's a tremendous honor to go be a pro coach. Uh, there's a lot of people would like to be the secondary coach for receiver coach, but B-Mac's a growing star, 40 years old. He's got a good resume, already been a coordinator, his coach at Oregon, as well as some of the other places. And congratulations to him. But for Dell McGee, uh, I've always been a big Dell backer. I see some of the things he does that a lot of us don't. Uh, and uh, he'll do a tremendous job. That, that was just a home run hire for 
Georgia State because I guarantee he'll build a wall around the state for the non-Power 5 players. I just think that they'll just just reap the benefits of his relationships. And it was smart by him getting Jim Chaney and uh, Kevin Shearer, two guys he knew that are older, that can coach these younger coaches that he's going to bring in there. And he's going to have a really good staff to go along with him. But going on to uh, – I, I just think Kirby realized once we lost both of them that uh, – you know, you, you, you like the familiarity. If you look at some of the, the people that we've had and the way they've come in and uh, moved into the system, uh, that, that makes a lot of uh, difference. But if somebody can just come in and hit the ground running as compared to really having to learn so many of the things that we do are different than most places. Uh, number one, our speed limit's about 95 and a 35. And everything, <laughs> everything we do. So you got to get used to that and the expectancy level. But in James Coley, you you got a guy. It, the the pros way outweigh the, any of the negative. You know, the season wasn't great, but a lot of things happened that were out of his control. And uh, you know, I think he's a a very good teacher, an excellent recruiter, uh, and uh, I've seen him coach one on one and. One of the best recommendations I think he could have gotten was the fact that Mike Bobo uh, was not associated with Georgia at the time. He was a coach at uh, at Colorado State, and he came back to see his old roommate during spring break, Kirby, and if he could watch practice. And he actually went to a couple meetings that uh, James was having with the quarterbacks and watched him coach on the field. So when he came up for the interview process, Mike said he didn't even – he'd seen what he did uh, when he didn't even know him. You know, watch him teach, watch him coach, things that you've got to do in a meeting to teach the quarterbacks and coach receivers on the field. And then, of course, Kirby knows uh, – just look at the background. I saw some of the names that you listed that he recruited, not just receivers but uh, players. And he has an unbelievable – contact point there in the in the Miami area. I mean, uh, and one thing that I always remember about James Cole, Caleb Williams, we were in the driver's seat. His family loved him. Uh, his dad was here when, uh, for an unofficial visit and was talking about him. And that thing, things kind of negated. I, you know, lost a little bit in the translate in the, you know, when, when he left. But the point is, this guy can go get him. And as far as the the uh, back coach, uh, he came in to interview for the uh, receiver job because uh, he had some prior work with Tyson Summers, who is Mike knows from uh, coaching with him at Georgia Southern at uh, Colorado State. And, and Tyson is a defensive coach up at Western Kentucky. Just prolific numbers up there under Hilton. And this guy did a terrific job coaching not to mention what he's done in the state of Georgia as a uh, high school coach. When you can look at some of the schools coaching, uh, some of the real predominant schools in South Georgia, and then moved over to Tech and had that Singleton guy last year. And uh, and so we're looking at a, a guy that can come in and have recognition in the state as far as high school coaches. He's, he's inheriting an un- inheriting an unbelievable room of players when you add the three newcomers uh, and, the, and the transfer. So uh, not as big a transition having Coley come in and, and then also putting uh, the other in there. So uh, I, know I'm talking, I know I'm talking a lot, but I do feel like I can add to, to this program just because that's the thought process there that uh, – that, uh, you know, if you look at some of our success here, Muschamp moving in, uh, Bobo moving in, uh, when when Hankton left, back, and the uh, O-line coach left, Luke Searles. Same thing here. Uh, just continuity is going to be great. And I hope everybody's objective enough to know that you're going to base everything on what the coach thinks. And if Kirby believes enough in it, then that's that's good enough for me. But even if he, 
he, you know, even if uh, I had some, some uh, consternation about it, I'm not going to worry about it. It's like I tell our, our fans, I'm pulling for Georgia, no matter how they play. And you can find something wrong about everything, but there's so much right about it. I'm going to just tell you this right now. When I walked over there today and looked at those guys on the field and saw what we had out there stretching, I enjoyed my dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're Josh, right. Josh Crawford is we, we uh, passed well. we passed the eyeball test. We passed the get off the bus test. And we caught we passed the energy test. These kids are hungry. They know they were close last year and they they know what we got ahead of us. It's challenging but uh man. I mean if we were in contest, we would be right up there with Miss America. I promise you that because we, we look good in uniforms. We look really good. Uh, I mean, so, and you just added the number one class to the group. So you saw a bunch of freshmen there. Well, not only freshmen, but the transfers. You got 22 new guys oh, over yeah. there. Right, right. The transfers. But, you know, we've talked about the, the fact that Kirby got 20 of those guys already here. And so. Yeah. I recognize a couple of them between December and now because Savelt, I mean, uh, they, they dropped, dropped some severe poundage. Well, Sinclair's got him rolling. Well, this is the uh, – you're talking about how James Coley will fit right back into it. He does what Kirby wants. That, to me, is, uh, you're able to get a guy who – I know people were mad about his, his tenure as an offensive coordinator. He had a bunch of bust-up wide receivers that year, remember, as well. Uh, but he, there's never been any question this, can he recruit? And you're getting one of the elite premier former offensive coordinators, uh, elite recruiters back as a position coach. That's a win-win. And you right. you touched on the fact that Josh Crawford had been uh, as well-known in the States and the places he's been. Let me know if you've heard of these programs. Colquitt County High School, Valdosta High School, Lee County High School, Jefferson County High School. Greater Atlanta Christian. <laughs> the guy's been all over the state. He's uh, Plus he's got a losing. Doesn't he have a master's degree from Georgia? He does have a master's degree from Georgia. And it's I like know a lot of people. Dane Young's got one now. Yeah. Um, uh, the guy, everyone says, well, he, he's a wide receivers coach at uh, Georgia Tech. Why are we taking a Georgia Tech wide receivers coach to coach? our running backs. He was a running back in college. <laughs> I think he'll be okay. Kirby Smart was also a running backs coach for a while there too. So that's my point. And that's what I was going to ask you. I'm like, guys get typecast. I feel like you know as much about the passing game as anybody that's watching this show tonight. Unless I don't want to cut you off. I think we may have lost his internet connection there for, for a moment. No worries. Um, uh, then they so Josh Crawford has been he can he's can coach a number of positions. Great offensive mind, from what I'm told. And I had multiple people. We put this on the board at UJSports.com. We listed a number of uh, comments that we got from uh, a coach who's. If I mentioned him, everybody would know who he is. Plus some uh, folks in the media, and they're like, "Hey, Josh Crawford, unsolicited." They just reached out to me and said, "That is a good hire." That's that's strong, and they don't have to. If there's a bad hire, they'd be like, "What the hell's Kirby doing? Is he drunk?" You know, they're gonna they're not gonna pull punches with me and kind of tell me. Let me ask you this: Does do you think Kirby knows Buster Faulkner? He does know Buster Faulkner. You think you think but you think Kirby would ask Buster about this guy? I think he would have. And even though Buster is loyal to Georgia Tech, he's loyal to Kirby too. I mean, Kirby helped his career. I mean, the guy went from. I mean, he, he's making a lot of money now. His family's in a good situation because he didn't have to move uh, over there to Tech. His boy's playing at North Oconee. Uh, and he wouldn't BS Kirby, and he wouldn't BS me either because I asked him. And uh, so I, I'm just telling you, uh, not that they needed me to ask him about him, but I just want to know. But I asked him, I asked Tyson Summers about him, and these are guys I trust. They've coached with them, and uh, we 
we definitely lost two really good guys. There's no question about it. But yeah, you lose Brian McClendon and uh, Dell McGee. That's two huge losses. Plus, you lost Will Muschamp, coach. Yeah, and I know he's still within the program. Muschamp, but man, we lost the South, the Northeast. Uh, I'm gonna say then you lost Fran Brown. So you lost Fran four Brown. guys, and you're replacing them with four. You could be replacing them with four unknown quantities. Right. We we helped ourselves in a lot of ways from the standpoint of just replace them with good guys. But uh, I remember, remember when I told you about the time that, uh, that uh, Coley went up there and uh, to New Jersey and showed me this big kid in the weight room. And unfortunately we all know what happened to him when he passed away, but Coley's one that found him diamond in the rough. Uh, but if I was, I mean, if I was hiring a staff right now to be my, my, coaches i would hire uh coley as receiver coach over anybody i've ever had so i'm not worried about it there you go so people people that want to say well he's not offensive coordinator hey you got mike bobo so stop worrying about that I'm looking at you hope i, I know, I mean, I know he's, he's, he's done some good things as a coordinator too yeah. what do you think yeah. about the baylor game that's pretty damn what about that florida game that jake had such a great game when we had to have it when our defense couldn't stop them i mean but you know, we had we had some in, but I don't want to defend that. But I'm just telling you, if you're a Georgia fan tonight, and hopefully our basketball team's gonna come back here, but you ought to go to bed tonight and have some sweet dreams. You know what kind of football team we're gonna have. I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting, coach, just how small the coaching circles are, because when you say Tyson Summers. All right, so 2015, Georgia's playing Georgia Southern in Sanford Stadium, and Georgia Southern should have won that game. Georgia won it in overtime. Uh, Georgia Southern was the better team that day. Georgia found a way to win. After that season – now, I I talked to Del McGee before that game. He's assistant for Georgia Southern at the time, and he told me, he said, I want to be a head coach one day. So I'm glad to see this day realized for him that he's a college head coach. He was close on that job. He was close. Well, Georgia Southern should have hired him when Willie Fritz goes to Tulane, and he won the bowl game as the interim head coach at Georgia Southern. They then chose to hire Tyson Summers, who didn't work out down there. But Del McGee gets eight years at Georgia after that. He went to Tulane for a little bit before – Kirby Smart pulled him over on his staff. I mean, I think it was like a week that he was committed to Tulane. On the recommendation of – of uh, Del McGee was recommended to him by Tyson. Yeah. And just like Sinclair was too, uh, 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 Scott Sinclair worked with Tyson at uh, down at uh, UCF. And uh, we see where that's at. But so uh, we, we got a good deal here. Let's, let's go on. Has, has anybody got any question they want to ask? The, the last thing, I'm not the guru here. It's the no. Everything and and just because I say it's good, hey, if you got something that you want to ask about it, ask me. I'll uh, I'm not going to chew your ass out about it. I mean, hey, but I feel good about if you look at Kirby's coaches that he's hired here. For the most part, a phenomenal uh, rate of uh, success with the guys he's hired. Phenomenal. When I can tell you, what Georgia Georgia Southern's worried about what Georgia State just did right now oh i guarantee everybody in the league is because he uh he he, know, he can go get the players and uh so gonna be tough portal too uh it'll be tough well you're talking about uh, a phenomenal thing i want to mention our friends over at academia brewing company because they are a phenomenal place to go get a good beer and go get a good meal if uh, beers they have there award-winning their uh, IQ IPA that everyone likes. They have a two times version of that that just came out. Uh, I can't wait to try that. It's, it's, it's been a minute since I've been there. I've uh, been going back and forth between this house and the one in uh, Athens. Try to get some stuff squared away. I want to get back to academia. Uh, I got to get my fix in. I've, I've been missing them too much. They've got a big uh, uh, party tomorrow, the Breast Fest kickoff party. So if you want to swing by the um, uh, Academia Brewing Company tomorrow night. It's fine for the purpose. So uh, the 28th between 6 and 8 uh, p.m. So uh, here's your 24-hour notice or 22-hour notice. 
to get over to Academia uh, Brewing Company for their uh, kickoff party. And they're always doing stuff like that. There's always some sort of uh, charity that they're raising money for, or you know, they had the big UFC fight on the other night, or they're doing something for Valentine's Day, or uh, Mardi Gras celebrations. They've had, I'm just telling you, the uh, They'll have something for Easter. They'll have something for St. Patrick's Day. There's always fun stuff going on. And now that the weather's, you know, we're getting out. February's almost over. You get into March, April, May, spring in Athens and academia. You can't beat it. You can't beat it at all. I uh, also want to mention our friends at Athens Ford. Uh, if right now you can get an additional $500 off uh, towards your trade, if you want to trade a vehicle in over there, they got 730 vehicles on the lot. Plenty of them stuff going on at Athens Ford right now. Uh, when it comes to inventory, there's a lot of inventory there. Tons of Broncos, tons of Ford uh, 150s, 250s, Explorers, uh, Edge, you name it. They've got the Lightnings out there, you know, the EVs, the EV trucks that'll snap your head back when you hit the gas. So a lot of great vehicles on the lot at Athens Ford. Uh, $500 discount on your trade-in or additional $500 for your trade-in. $500 discount for students, $500 discount for militaries, uh, veterans, and active members can qualify for an additional $500 off of new Fords. And of course, everybody that buys a new vehicle or a uh, pre-owned one under about 80,000 miles can get the lifetime powertrain warranty. So check out our friends at Athens Ford. You'll be glad that you did. We're going to talk mostly about NFL Combine in this segment, but I want to wrap the assistant coach conversation quickly because I pulled some sound bites from previous media availabilities from James Coley and Josh Crawford, just so our fans can either be reminded or get an idea of who these guys are, what they sound like, what they say. Uh, and so the first one, this is going to be from James Coley. This is four years ago when he was calling plays at Georgia. He's discussing the Georgia philosophy, Kirby Smart's philosophy on players and calling plays. Coach Smart is all about players and not plays. You know, I, I think he, you know, he definitely preaches that to us. And sometimes as coaches, you forget and you're like, man, I, this scheme is really intriguing. But it, are your players touching the ball within the scheme? So, um, you know, I don't know that there's been an adjustment. I've been here several years. I think I think that the philosophy that we have here at Georgia is 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 that, you know, who's touching the ball? And, and, and are they the guys that are going to give us the biggest impact? But you definitely got to play for your towards your strength. So um, I've always been a, a part of that where I've been. So I think that's going to play well with Mike Bobo of having those discussions in pregame. And then from Josh Crawford, the thing that I think we were all talking about with Dell McGee that was so good, putting up that wall around the state of Georgia, the experience as a high school coach in the state of Georgia. Here's what Josh Crawford said last year about that when he gets the job at Georgia Tech. Um, that's one thing that I was very excited. Um, you know, obviously I spent 10 years in this state uh, coaching high school football and, and some really, really good programs. And so that allowed me to, to establish some really good relationships with a lot of coaches in this state and also have an opportunity to coach a lot of good players. And so from a from coaching in the state, that helped me from a relationship standpoint. And then I was very fortunate, you know, to be in some of the top programs in the state and the Southeast, which I felt like prepared me um, from a coaching standpoint, from a work ethic standpoint, um, to be able to, you know, translate, you know, at this level and uh, do a good job. And so I'm very grateful to that. I tell, I say that all the time. I'm very grateful for my uh, high school tenure, I think it's had a big time effect, you know, um, on, you know, any success that I've been able to have at this level. That's got to be music to Kirby Smart's ears, coach. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, to me, you always want experience and you always want, uh, you, you know, guys that have been around good programs. But at the same time, uh, some of these guys that have been on the back road, so to speak, and not ever – been on the super highs like you're getting ready to be on, have really had to work hard at teaching technique and not having quite the t type of players they're going to have here. And you're just a better teacher coming in. I did, that's just is. I mean, I felt like I knew a lot about coaching until I had to go to Marshall and, and do all the things. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, because the, the quality of players that we had were, were good, but they're just not like Oklahoma. 
No, you're right. When you don't have as when your players aren't as strong, you have to uh, you you gotta get the most out of them. So it's a that's a that's a great point when it, you're bouncing around. People, go, well, where's the coach before? Hey, you know, sometimes if he's coached at schools that aren't that good, he's had to get more out of them. He had to become a better coach if you want to win. So the fact that he's actually coached at uh, five really good high schools, Western Kentucky, Georgia Tech, coming to Georgia, that's a guy who's gotten the most out of his players. You saw what he did with uh, uh, Singleton at uh, 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 Georgia Tech. You give him Georgia's uh, running back room. Yeah, I'm sure he talked to – Don Blaylock about him too, Kirby. He does he doesn't leave any stone untoned. And uh, you know, but all of a sudden we're gonna open up with Clemson and we got the uh, ex Clemson offensive coordinator, and we're gonna end up with uh, Georgia Tech at the end of the year, and we got a Georgia Tech coach. So I mean that doesn't hurt. It does. Uh, hey, uh, the last thing I'll say about this before we move on to the NFL combine, the fact that you got James Coley away from South Carolina, that doesn't hurt either because he's not you know recruiting and taking good guys to South Carolina. So that's a, that's also a win-win. So. Yeah, that's true. But and, and it's tough on South Carolina. I, I know because you know you just hired a new coach and you're ready to go and all. And but at the same time, ninety-nine people out of a hundred would have taken that job. And it's nothing against Shane or South Carolina, but you got a chance to coach at Georgia. Come on. Amen. Right, speaking of coaching in Georgia, you get to coach guys like Brock Bowers, Marius Mims, Lad McConkey, Kamari Lasseter. 11 of your guys have been invited to the NFL Combine. And, Coach, I know that uh, we, we mentioned as we opened the show, we have uh, some UGA sports staffers who will be there for, you know, all the interviews that we get to see. They'll be there for most of the uh, uh, drills and such. And they will be gathering news not only from Georgia players, but maybe from some guys who played against Georgia thoughts from them. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, though, on talk to me about some of these guys who are at the Combine, what they need to do, what the scuttlebutt's going to be about them. Just give me your thoughts about them, and let's start right off the bat with Brock Bauer. Yeah, I think we got three legit first-round guys, two guys that maybe could go quick, maybe even in the first, but, uh, you know, Brock Bowers, Mims, and Lasseter. Uh, Bowers is just going to be a workout warrior there. Once they see all the things he does, he'll he'll just wow them with the way he runs, the way he catches us. He'll be good on the weights. Uh, he'll be great on the interviews. And uh, as far as just the football acumen that he possesses, uh, just a can't-miss player. I mean, uh, he's Travis Kelsey, re, you know, reincarnated, but maybe not quite as tall, but uh, probably faster. Got a good catch radius and show the intense toughness the way he came back. Marius Mims, to me, is uh, one of the best college pass blockers that I've ever seen. Uh, he's got unbelievable feet to go with his upper torso. Uh, very seldom gets beaten in practice or games. Uh, he has limited tape in the games, but he's got a lot of tape against Walker and Carter and all those guys in practice that the that the uh, scouts have looked at. He, he's legit top 15 guy and uh, can't miss. Kamari Lester to me, uh, cover guy that uh, loves to take on challenges and sniffed out a lot of guys uh, and just stuffed them. And uh, he's what you're looking for up there. And the fact that he's tough, knows football, and has been trained by a a guy that's put a lot of guys in the pros and Kirby. So those are the three, uh, the other projection I might, you know, McConkey can, as long as he gets through the physical and uh, shows that his back's okay, then uh, he's going to wear, wear all these guys out in one-on-one and stuff like that, because he's, he's just such a route technician and he got really good speed to go with his quickness, tremendous hands. Plus he can return punts. And will do well in the uh, football uh, talking stages. There, you know, just uh, they'll say, "Hey, this guy could come in here and be the chairman of the chamber of commerce." You know what I mean? He won the Danny Werfel Award because of his ability to react with uh, the community. He was uh, in the good works thing for uh, the uh, AFCA. You know, for each school picks one, and then different areas. So I'd say he's late first, early to mid second, 
if his back clears everything. Uh, then you got Bullard, who I think is going to surprise everybody just because uh, they don't realize how good he can cover. He got so much work as a star guy, the nickel guy, that safeties just don't get, and so did Tyke Smith. So he's going to be able to do better one-on-one than most safeties that are used to playing too deep hash coverage or three deep middle and zone and all that. And pros like that because when you get inside the red zone or get inside the 10, you got to play a lot of man and they're, they're locked into some backs or tight ends and he can do that. Plus he's a stone cold killer tackler. I mean, he, he killed can, a man in the red zone coach. He can get you on the ground in a New York minute and he can put you there quickly. And you know, you can't miss tackles. If you miss yeah. tackles in the pros, those guys are history. And, uh, and you don't see many guys make long runs in the pros because they don't miss tackles. Uh, that's why they look at these backs that can get four and five yards because these uh, linebackers like Quay Walker and Roquan Smith and safeties up there, they put you on the ground. So uh, this guy will do that. Tyke, I really think this year was huge for him. Like his confidence coming off the ACL a couple years ago, he, he played so much better at star, some of the same – characteristics that I talked about with his uh, man coverage skills is going to help him there and he'll, he'll be a good safety. Plus he's a preeminent, I'm talking about big time special teams guy that they're just going to love the fact that, that he can come in there and when you got 53 guys on your team, some of them that aren't first team are going to have to play special teams and they look at him like that and he, he'll, he'll be outstanding there. Uh, so then we got two, three more offensive players, offensive backs. You know, I like Edwards. He's going to be a sneaky guy that's going to surprise them how quick he is. And then the fact that he can catch the ball and he's uh, pretty tough physically and he'll, he'll do good on the weights too. He'll surprise them how much he can bench. Uh, just the size limitations always going to be little bit of an issue, but you look at what James Cook's been able to do. He's, he's not as fast as James, but uh, the Georgia tradition helps him, though. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, hey, this year's the mere white surfaced when he got a chance, and you showed, you saw what he could do for L.A., and then you got Swift and Cook and, of course, Chubb and Michelle. I mean, it just goes on and on. And then Milton, I just think, is probably the sleeper of all, all the guys we got because everything's ahead of him. Uh, he's not as injury prone as probably what happened, but he did have a lot of injuries. Some of them, you know, when you get a, a MCL injury on your knee, hard to come back for it, from it. Same thing with a hamstring. But he really showed some hammer and tong technique down the stretch, breaking tackles, making big runs, explosive runs. He knows protections, high character kid really high character, high intellect, can do things, uh, you know, uh, at different levels as far as uh, playing in a pistol, playing in a split back, playing in the eye. He, he can line up at full back and block. Uh, I think he's third, fourth round guy that could go even higher maybe. He, he's just a big time prospect to me. Rosemary, what are you talking about? This guy is money in the bank. Talked to Andy Reid a little bit about him during the, the the Senior Bowl. He just has an unbelievable catch radius. If you think about all those routes he made on uh, ran the six route over the middle and clutch, clutch made the catch. Uh, is good in the red zone. Had a really good Senior Bowl. He can block. He can play special teams. He'll get drafted. Just a question of what team needs him. And uh, who else we got? Zion Lowe. I can't remember him. Uh, Van Logan, Cedric Van Pran. Well, I didn't want to leave anybody out. I'm just trying. To, I got a bad, <laughs> bad memory here. Well, you, I got the screen in front of me, so it's easier for me. Uh, I sure can't read that little stuff. But uh, of course, Van Pran. What are you talking about? Steady Eddie. I mean, this guy's played forever. Uh, just really good at uh, recognizing defensive fronts. Uh, could be governor of the state of Louisiana. Uh, just unbelievable communication and leadership skills, what you need up there to call the, the fronts and make the protection calls. 
uh, probably needs to get a little stronger for pro football, but uh, got good feet, and uh, he's going to be a guy that will go up there uh, kind of like the, the one we had for the Patriots, just play forever. I mean, he, he's going to be a center up there that can play. And, of course, Zion uh, didn't play thousands of reps, but, you know, he, he really took advantage of his opportunities. And uh, when you look at the history of Georgia defenders up there, his uh, that background is going to help him. And he's a big body that will test well and uh, get along good on the interview. So uh, we're going to be well represented in the draft. It's going to be another heyday for Georgia. All 11 of these guys are going to go. So that's about, that's about all I know about them. Yeah, that, that, that'll do for now. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Zion Logue, he actually starts everything off tomorrow. He'll be the uh, – the only guy that's being interviewed tomorrow is Zion Logue, so the Hills started off with the Bulldogs. And then when do they start the testing? Is it Thursday or Thursday? Yeah. So the first the guys that meet with the media tomorrow wind up doing uh, like you do. You, they'll do their physicals and stuff. Uh, you know, it's a great week. The, great week for uh, football buffs. I mean, it's kind of like the Senior Bowl. I mean, you know, right after lunch, you you can watch guys run the forty, jump, uh, do all that stuff. I mean. It's my kind of day. I'm sure beats watching as the world turns. Well, and a lot of this stuff can be overhyped or overrated, but Roddy, we remember Chris Conley's combine and how much that helped him. And you see that he's still playing in the NFL, making playoff catches. What was that? 47? Unbelievable vertical jump. And uh, the vertical jump was through the through the building. Yeah, and then and that's what will uh that's one thing that Another thing that old Kirby Paul Smart, I really some of his visionary stuff is good. But I will share with you a couple years ago, we had a couple people that came out early that didn't get drafted very good, that you know thought they were going to be drafted or or you know declared, but didn't even hardly get a free agent. And what he did was he started having a combine in the spring for our team that's exactly like the NFL. And they tested them, and they did everything at the NFL Combine, but then they were able to project your score against what, what people are being drafted. So pretty much tells you, you know, hey, you think you're going to get drafted with this? You know, this is what you got to do. And uh, it was very smart, very smart. To that point, there are a lot of guys that go into this, and we, you know, there's more and more juniors every year, and they think that, oh, well, you know, I'm really good at what I do, and that therefore I need to go. And sometimes they get a good draft grade. Some guys, sometimes they don't. But you can see when they walk through the Indianapolis Convention Center, and there's a group of like 20 defensive linemen, and the, the guys that know they're going, they just walk through completely the way they carry themselves, complete confidence. They know they're going high. Maybe some of those juniors that came out early, you see them, the eyes are going side to side. They're you know, sucking in their gut they a little bit. They're trying to walk a little bit taller on the balls of their feet. You know, they're like, holy shit, what did I get into? And you can see, I mean, I can point them out. And I'm like, I don't know who that guy is. And then his uh, lanyard flips over and you're like, oh yeah, that's the uh, that junior from the smaller school. Here's another thing that has never entered into the picture is the fact that these guys are looking fifth, sixth, seventh round, thinking, you know, uh, I'm, I need to get out there and start getting some money and everything. Well, now they're getting paid in college. And if they stick around, they might make even more the next year, and they're not sacrificing a lot because they're getting paid. You, you see the difference? And uh, Huge, yeah. But the other, conversely, if you if you do go, then you're one year closer to getting that second contract, which means that you know you got to you got to be up there four years to get the second contract. So if you stay here another year, it's going to be put you behind on that. But uh, well, coach, it, let me ask you: If Carson Beck would have gone pro, do you think he would have been a first round pick? I think it would have been close because there's so many. You listen to these guys talk about we need quarterbacks, we need quarterbacks, and there's not a lot of them out there. Uh, I think he would have been uh, close to it, and he would have enhanced himself 
at the tryouts when they saw his arm strength and and they they and they can go put him on the board and watch tape with him because he's been coached pro pros you know he had been running the RPOs and all that stuff we run a few but we run pro stuff with all the protection schemes and the hots and the scats and all that and you wouldn't have to teach him all that he, he's going to be way ahead in the from that standpoint but uh so potentially a first-round pick, definitely a second-round pick, if not. If right, Georgia right. fans have anything to complain about this offseason, they need to lean on the fact that Georgia kept a first- or second-round quarterback talent. Yeah, they that, did. That, you, yeah. Had to keep, you had to keep them with our schedule. I mean, too much of a too much of a deal there. I mean uh, – Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine looking at this schedule. That's not, nothing against Brock Vandegrift. I love him. I've covered him. I've coached against him. I think he's a great kid. Love his family. Love his dad. But you you got to feel better after the year that yeah, Carson's exactly. back had. But I, I feel like Brock could, could have done it. And I feel like Gunner can. And I, I, I love Gunner. He's a great kid. I got nothing against him. But I'm, on the road, I want that experience. I think we win nine or ten with with Pugliski right now. Just I mean, he's he's you talking about guy goes up to him. He said, "What's your?" What's your nickname? He said, Machine Gun. And they asked him, but I got a brother named Ryan who's got a Tommy gun. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Tommy gun now. I mean, woo. We've seen him. He can throw. If you check out the, if you're on this YouTube channel, I know we're, we're putting this on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook as well. But if you go by the UJ Sports uh, YouTube channel, check it out. Type in Ryan Puglisi and look for his highlights. You'll see some, you'll see a kid that can spin it. Yeah, but when you got your own players, I mean, you got guys like Warren Brinson, and you know, I think Warren's one of the most personal guys I've ever met here in Georgia. Just got a gift for talking on, you know, in public. And uh, but he, 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 I was watching something one day, and he was talking about the freshmen around here, you know, that came in for fall, excuse me, for Christmas for the bowl game, and he. he was, and he said, everybody got eyes turned pretty quick when he's on the scout team. And, and uh, Ryan laid, laid a couple of them out there. You know, this is a D lineman talking about this this kid whistling the ball. So, I mean, he got their attention real quick. Well, he's the first quarterback Georgia took, and uh, they turned down a five-star to get him. So, been very impressed with yeah, Ryan. I don't, know, I don't know what happened on that, but I'm glad we got who we got. Yep. No, I'm not talking about the whole rail. I'm talking about uh, saying so. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he wanted to commit, and Georgia said, no, we're taking uh, this kid first. Yeah, uh, he, in our own way, we turned down Raul because we didn't tell take, we didn't give him what he wanted. <laughs> exactly that. Uh, speaking of spinning it, I want to mention our friends at uh, Europac because they can they take that dough and they spin it out and then uh, put the mozzarella on it, put the or sauce and the mozzarella, whatever you want. It, the your pie experience is a completely customizable experience. You walk in, you tell them what type of dough you want. There's multiple ones out there. Uh, you tell them what toppings you want, what sauce you want. You can get as many toppings as you want. Uh, you can completely customize it, or they have some favorites. And they have a new favorite that I wanted to tell you about. Spicy barbecue pulled pork. This is on a pizza. It's a spicy barbecue pulled pork. So, uh, has uh, pulled pork, red onions, mozzarella, cilantro, pickled jalapenos, and barbecue sauce all brought together in this original combination uh, new pizza that they have, one of their signature pizzas. And, of course, they have the, the Nat and the Ishka and the uh, Southern Heat. They have a ton of, you know, crowd favorites, if you will, that you can walk in and have them. And even on the crowd favorites, they'll ask you, do you want everything that it comes with? And you can uh, you know, put, add certain things, take certain things off. This spicy barbecue pulled pork uh, pizza looks good. So try that when you get a chance. Uh, we also, when we mentioned Europe, we mentioned the fact that uh, that that is a franchise, and there's a ton of franchises out there. If you're like, hey, I'd like to get into franchising, but I don't know that I want a Europe, which you should do because if you want to make a lot of money, open up a Europe franchise. But if you're not sure, Check out myperfectfranchise.net. Andy Ludecki, the guy that runs it, he has put a ton of our readers into their own businesses. And there's a lot you can do with the different franchises out there. Um, it is a daunting task to go from your job now to being a franchise. 
So reach out to Andy and he'll walk you through it. Do you want a home-based business? Do you want a non-home-based business? Do you want a, a service with heavy outbound sales requirements? Do you want a light retail? Do you want big retail? The point is there are so many different variations and styles and concepts. It's too much for somebody who doesn't do that every day to look into and figure out the right one for them. Go to a guy whose only job it is is to get you into the right franchise and you don't have to pay him anything. So reach out to myperfectfranchise.net. Talk to Andrew Becky. He will get you squared away. Email, text, uh, however you want to reach out to him. Call him directly, and Andy will take great care of you at myperfectfranchise.net. Coach, I did want to ask you in the combine, is there an advantage for these Georgia players that some of their assistant coaches from the past are now – part of the coaching staffs of these NFL teams. I'm thinking of the Todd Munkins, now Brian McClendon, if he likes any of these receivers, those relationships. I know Kirby Smart and a lot of the current Georgia coaches have those with NFL people, but the fact that previous coaches with these current players, how much does that help in this process? Well, it always helps a little bit. Uh, you know, let's just say you go into a interview with the Ravens and then there's Munkin there. You're, you know, it's just not somebody that you know, it's all of a sudden you, getting ready to meet him, and he can carry the conversation right off the bat. And we had a, a, a big plus today, Eddie Gordon, who was a, a big help to our O-line here and then got the UAB job, just took assistant O-line job with the Green Bay Packers. So uh, there's another guy that uh, can uh, talk about Van Brand to them or whoever, you know, and, he, and those coaches meet together up there and they talk about kids. I mean, Roddy was there. I mean, it's a coaches convention and they compare notes about them and uh, it's good. And uh, the other thing is they've already seen some of them at the uh, combine. I'm excuse me at the senior bowl. So, uh, but that's a good question that that definitely will help them a little bit. But the biggest thing, biggest thing is they, they know that they've played in the pro system, offense and defense and special teams, and they've coached, been coached at a pro level as far as the drills and techniques that they need to carry over to the next level. Let's get some questions from UGASports.com from UGA alum 95 question for coach. What are your thoughts on Georgia's D line this season, especially against the run game? I think it's going to be good just because of the linebackers we got uh, going to be really strong against the run and that's going to help the front. We won't have to cover up when we have some injuries at linebacker like we did last year. And uh, I think the the that they got and they coming back, you know, uh, the fact that Stackhouse is coming back is going to help Hall and some of the other guys make a move. So I think our D-line will be, be good. And then some of the moves using uh, – um, Michael Williams in a different role, too, will help us uh, get the best 11 on the field. 1970 Dog wanted to apologize for missing the show live. He wanted to attend his grandson's soccer game tonight. So I assured him <laughs> he can watch it later. And that's fine. No, <laughs> you, you're, you're either here or you're not. Yeah, where they wonder where they're playing the night game, eh? Pretty good. Uh, I guess so. NBA Timber Dog and looking at coaching hires, how does Kirby Smart balance evalu evaluating one recruiting capability versus two player development when picking the right candidate? Well, if you can't recruit, you can't coach. I mean, to me, people have a tendency to say, typecast the guy as a recruiter or a coach. Let me tell you something. You better be recruiting every player on your team the whole time you're here. By that, working with him, working with his family, uh, working with his academic pursuits, uh, getting to know his girlfriend, whatever it might be, you're always constantly recruiting the young man on your team. And then as far as coaching them, you, you have to have a skill level that has, has the ability to recognize somebody when you go out and evaluate them based on what the needs are of the fundamentals and the techniques of your position. So I, I don't ever get too caught up in, well, this guy's this just a good coach, but he can't recruit. You know, uh, to me, if you can't recruit, you can't coach. Because if you can't go get players, you can't – once you're here, 
I don't care how good you are, you know, you're not going to outcoach somebody that's got better players than you. Eddie from Ackworth, he had mentioned what we've all talked about with James Coley and his reputation in South Florida. It says, do you think that part of the reason to hire Josh Crawford was the recruiting in middle and South Georgia that he brings? I think that certainly brings something to the table, but also just in the uh, overall uh, knowledge of, uh, you know, the state of Georgia as a whole, plus the uh, the fact that he was so highly recommended by two guys, Kirby knows, Ty, you know, Tyson Summers and Buster, I'm sure coach, the head coach over at Tech doesn't want to hear that Buster recommended him, but uh, I don't think Buster called up Kirby to recommend him, but I'm sure that when Mike Bobo asked him about him, he told him the truth, you know, so, I mean, so I think yeah, you, you don't get tagged as a guy who's going to let your guys move on. Yeah, the, the guy's got some good, uh, some really good uh, recommendations, and uh, he did a good job on the interview from what I understand. You know, the one thing about our interviews is, uh, you know, I, I went on some interviews that I was nervous as a whore in church when I went into these places. Now, I mean, you know, you just go in there and you, you just, uh, but you, you got to get in there. And I've always said to anybody that's going to do an interview, whatever you do, whatever you're going for, you got to take over the interview right now because you got to make sure that when you leave, they know all they that there is to know about you. And if they don't, it's your own fault. You can't just let let the whole thing be uh, driven by the people that are interviewing. But you, you got to also find out, is it all in the family type? Do they want somebody that's going to blend in? Is it? And we've had guys come in here with tremendous backgrounds that got killed in the interview here because when they got on the board with Kirby and, and Schumann and all these guys, I mean, I mean it wasn't good. <laughs> I mean – you don't have to be like that as far as being exactly like him, but you got to be able to draw X and O, you know I mean? You got to be able to do a little bit, but, but what I was going to say is he was very articulate and, uh, and you could see when he was on this interview, that was good for you to show that day guys, good, good skill level community, you know, and you want a guy that can, uh, communicate in the, when the, when the interview, be able to communicate in the, uh, uh, with, with your players, you know, I mean, uh, players know right away if you're faking it, if you don't know what the heck you're talking about. I always believe in this and meeting with players. I want to get the players talking. I know what I know. I want to know what they know. You, <laughs> them, you know, you can't go out to practice and have guys make a lot of errors and mistakes. You, if you're doing that, then you're a poor coach. To Eddie's you're right. question, though, I do think that, yeah, Crawford and his relationships will help in South Georgia, but Georgia has a guy from Bainbridge and a guy from Thomasville. I, I think they know the way around down there. Oh, yeah. But, but here's another thing that, that I think the coaches in the state like is the fact Kirby two different times here has reached out and hired a guy from Carver High School and Del, and, uh, Del McGee. And with, you know, limited college background. I mean, Dell was only at Auburn for a year and Georgia Southern. But Kirby reached out to him to show the coaches he wanted to get one of theirs, and he did the same thing here with uh, Crawford. So these coaches believe in Kirby. Uh, to your point, when you talk about uh, Crawford, how uh, ebullient he came across. Ebullient? I don't even know how I say it, but just so uh, – commanding in his that sound clip you heard and of course you get the same thing with james coley those that clear communication that uh command if you will that take over the interview that also has the same thing when you're on the recruiting trail and you're talking to a kid you talk to his parents you got to be a good communicator there you got to be a good communicator when you're coaching these kids up so i think that uh, that's strong but you want a guy you don't want that uh guy who mumbles a lot you know who's oh, not yeah. sure of himself i mean this guy comes across as you know, having that type of personality and it's going to suck because he's going to be a, he's a great interview. So is Coley. We're never going to get to talk to him. Here's the point. Oh, he will eventually there at the bowl game, but you got a good, you got some good feeling today about Kirby, what Kirby said about Coley, what Kirby said, but I will say this. The other thing Kirby does, which I like, he brings these guys, he puts them on the whiteboard and 
and do that. But he, he also goes through a home visit with them and, uh, and, and says, okay, I'm a high school coach. You come in there to talk to me. Uh, tell me how you're going to, what's your, what's your MO? How do you do it? What do you, what's your, uh, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, how do you, uh, hypothetical you recruiting? Yeah, yeah. Do you go in and, uh, how do you do with the, uh, Let's just say, uh, what do you do when you meet the athletic director? What do you do when you meet the guidance counselor? What do you do when you meet the principal? Uh, what happens when you got a, a situation where they, they don't like Georgia? What happens when you got a situation where you're having to go in there and uh, mend some fences? All these things, and see how they react. Jesus. That's good. You don't want to take a flyer on that. I, 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 can, I couldn't work for Kirby. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah, you wouldn't pass a blood test. <laughs> uh, last question from the vent, and we somewhat alluded to this, which surprised me, but Bulldog Guy says, Coach, I never heard your take on the Kirk Herbstreet, Dylan Rayola, Dominic Rayola situation. You know, I don't know to what extent what uh, Kirk said. I know he came back with a rebuttal on that, but uh, for the fans, they said that Rayola's dad said that Kirk encouraged him to go there. He might have, but I guarantee you not the expense of leaving here. He 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 wouldn't burn that bridge here with Kirby. No way. So uh but but I I'm, I'm sure that Raul's dad was glad to see that Kirk had a, the feeling that Nebraska couldn't make it. And they might, you know, they could. He might be the guy to get him over the hump. But you know, ever since they left the big eight, big twelve, um, uh, well they had like eight straight losing seasons now, or I don't even know what it is, but uh, they just don't have the player pool out there. Uh, Nebraska, I mean, uh, have you ever had to drive across the state of Nebraska? I mean. I've never been to the state of Nebraska. Hey, hold it to you this way. Good, good people up there, but you don't you don't see them when you're driving across it. I mean, there's not many. The, it's, just a, it's a very desolate area, and uh, – there's just not enough, like, you know, sometimes you got to go eight hours before you see a recruit. I mean, I was talking to a kid. Okay. So if son's 19, that'd be 20. This kid would be 17 or 18. He's a year, year younger than my boy. And I would, he was asking me something about Rayola going to Nebraska. Why would he go to Nebraska? And I'm like, well, you know, it's an up and coming program. You know, they're trying to get back on their feet. He goes, when were they good? So you had a 17, 18-year-old kid out there that doesn't remember that Nebraska was a powerhouse. And I, I thought, how do you not know this? And I thought about it. 94, like, 95. I mean, you know. I'm like, yeah, this before you were born. And uh, there are a lot of schools that are, can fall into that. If you've been off the map for a long time, you were not in the roundhouse of a top 50 kid, top 100 kid, top 150 kid. And they're like, uh, Nebraska, they don't see you as – Tom Osborne's Nebraska, like we might, you know, and there's a lot of schools that that's, that is a danger. So if you mention the big 12 conference now, you know, without Oklahoma and Nebraska and uh, Texas, who, who are you going to mention right now? If you mentioned the, the, the big 10, now you got those other teams coming in, those four from the pac 12. I mean, Nebraska's has got a long way to go yeah. to even be, in the area code talent wise of those other schools. I mean, right, right. not well, I mean, you got those four and then you got Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, Penn state. And then, uh, I mean, they, they have a long way to go. I'll put it to you this way. We've had Kirk Herb street on this show. I know you and him text a lot. Y'all are friends, but objectively having seen him on our shows and having dealt with the Rayolas, I'm tending. I'm going to go with Kirk Herbstreit's version of events. Exactly. He, he got. You, you, know, you can't. You can't be. Uh, you, you can't have the credibility, and you go go into a coach's meeting as many times as we're playing on TV and all, and then all of a sudden expect Kirby to show any confidence in you if you're doing something like that. You just yeah. can't. Well, and plus, I've been around enough of the national media folk when they come in for things around my day job. They don't care who wins these games. They they do a job. Kirk Herbstreet's flying around the country 
every day of the week during the football season, preparing for game after game after game after game. The only thing that he wants is an entertaining product because that's and what he, makes it more fun. You know, Ohio State plays Michigan. They'll be an ex-Ohio State player. But that, right. that, that one's different, but all the rest of them. But he, but he wants to be right. He wants to be able to give good insight. And when right. he, people say, oh, he called that ahead of time, he explained that well. Guarantee one thing, if he did that, when he asked me anything else about George, I would never tell him dog shit. <laughs> I mean, Coach, but I guess what I'm saying, you called a lot of games for ESPN. You've got a lot of games on TV, on radio. Did you ever really, other than, I guess, if it was George R. Marshall involved or Oklahoma, did you ever really care who won the game? When Oklahoma State was playing, I did. Those poor Cowboys never get a break from you. I didn't. You're right. You're right. So, well, hey, that's good. So, that's a good point. All right. Well, with that, uh, we will wrap the show. We appreciate everybody jumping on with us yeah, on it. That's yeah. a joke. Oh, yeah. Sorry about it. Go ahead, coach. I told this joke a few years ago, but this guy reminded me of it. And I just think it's a really good joke for everybody, especially tonight when Georgia's, to me, we got to be really happy about our football team. Uh, I want to congratulate Jamie Hunt. First of all, Coach uh, Manuel Diaz, what a great career he had. But Jamie Hunt taking his place is going to be good. It's going to be good for the tennis team. But anyhow, there's this guy in, in Arkansas that no matter what, he's always bragging about everybody knew who he was. And you've seen people just do that all the time. So this one guy just got mad and said, look, he said, I bet you, I bet you $5,000 that Bill Clinton doesn't know who you are. He said, let's go right over there. He's probably over at Hot Springs right now. So they drive over there, and, there, you know, there's some some security around, but they just go right in there, and, and Bill Clinton gets up and starts running up. He's hey, there's old John Doggett from Hot Springs, Arkansas. Glad to see you, John. He said, nice to see you too, Bill. He said, God, I can't believe this. He said, I'll I tell you what, I bet you $10,000 that Joe Biden doesn't know you. He said, no problem. So they flew up to Washington, and this guy noticed that they went right through the, the security, went right through up to the Oval Office, and Joe Biden's un, uh, kind of sleepy up there, but he sees him, and he runs over. There's old John Doggett from Hot Springs, Arkansas. Glad to see you. He said, hey, Joe, good to see you too. And uh, this guy, he can't believe it. So he finally says, hey, I'll bet you $25,000. That the Pope doesn't know you. He said, okay, we'll go. So they go over to uh, the Vatican and they get there, and there's about 250,000 people out there waving and screaming and all. So this guy says, look, John tells him, look, we got the best security in the world up there. And, you know, if I get up there close to him, you'll know that I know him. I just can't get you up through all this security. He said, okay. So about five minutes later, Everybody starts cheering even more because John's right beside the Pope. He's just waving to everybody. And so finally, this guy's really mad. And he looks at this tagging guy beside him. He said, you know who that guy is up there? He said, well, I don't know who that guy in the white robe is, but that guy beside him, John Doggett from Hot Springs, Arkansas. <laughs> Forgot that joke. Now I remember it. That's hey, that's it's, the best of all time. it's a good joke. That's a that great one. Of the best of all time. I'm going uh, to say right now, it's good to be a Georgia Bulldog. I mean, this. I'm just so happy for Dale and happy for uh, Coley too. I'm happy for him. Yeah, those two good guys. And I'm happy for B Mac, and I'm looking forward to meeting Crawford. I'm all of that, but. Uh, it's just uh, we got a lot to be thankful for with the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Yep, this week that we got the combine, and uh, I guess we're, we're two weeks away from spring practice starting. Hey, watch out for this baseball team too. The hot start they're off to. Softball is great. I mean, some of these spring sports things are looking up. Not today, today's Tuesday, so yeah, we're exactly two weeks away from spring practice. So we'll, we'll finish up with the combine, and then the first day of spring practice is March twelfth. The next day is the uh, Georgia Pro Day. So we got two weeks, two weeks to spring. Yep. Yeah, I guess they go on spring break next spring week. Spring break's next week. 
Mamma me, I like to hear that. <laughs> so, uh, well, the new coaches will have to hit the ground running. And again, uh, shout out to Del McGee and Brian McClendon and all the service they put in the University of Georgia. You they won they won you two championships. You know, never uh, I can never be taken away from you. So, uh, with that, we will take off, and we will see you folks uh, next week. Well, should be back to our normal time next Tuesday. Uh, back. In the- We're not going to take spring break. Oh no! No way. Uh, spring. I'm, I guarantee Kirby will be talking in noon next Tuesday. So. Yeah, we'll do whatever you want to do. Baby. We might have to. Do, we might have to do another night show. Hey, whatever we got to do. All right. We'll see what the schedule. Uh, how the schedule turns out, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday evening, so we can. Hopefully, we'll get to see. The, let us in for the first part of practice. I know they did it at Auburn, so. Check out that uh, when you get a chance. Check out the uh, Auburn video was interesting today. If you get a chance to watch it. Auburn practice today. Yep, they did. Yeah. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, we've actually put up a video at ujsports.com. Our sister site, uh, Auburn Sports, was actually there, and they they were able to videotape some of it. So you kind of see what's going on going on over there. So well, check them out. Get a chance. Hopefully, we'll get to uh, calling the plays. Well, it was it wasn't as spicy as uh, you thought. I thought it could be. Uh, okay, we I just lost the basketball game by one point. I can't believe it. we had the ball and couldn't score. But that's the way it goes. Sixty-six, sixty-seven. Um, Georgia had a fifteen seconds left, and they come up short. Just story of the story of the year. All right, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Y'all take care.